You're listening to a message from Mattia Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. Hey, Southridge, it is great to see you. How is everybody doing this morning? I'm so glad that you're here. Or if this is later on in the day or later on in the week, I'm so glad that you tuned in or you turned on or you selected this channel. Uh, However you're listening, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm looking forward to spending some great time with you and to hear what God's Word has for us today. A special shout out to everybody who helped serve and make Easter such an incredible success last week. If you're here in San Jose, you were a huge part of everything that happened. Thank you to those who helped finance it, who helped support it, who prayed for it, who showed up on the day. God moved here in the Bay Area. For our size church, we were able to have a big size impact. Thank you. It was picked up on uh, uh, many major news networks. Some are still talking about it. And so we're so grateful that no matter what has happened in the world around us, nothing stops the message of hope, the gospel, and the resurrection of Jesus. We're so glad that we could celebrate that last week and all that God did. I'm so grateful for it. Had to start off this morning by sharing that with you. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, give me a shout out. Let me know where you're viewing from. Let us know your name and let us know if this is your first time, if you're a regular viewer, or also let us know if anything special or prayer request. And do me a favor, share this message. Even if you're listening or watching later on in the week, share this. I think today's content is going to be incredible for you. I think it's going to be a help. So here's what we're going to talk about. Today, I'm concerned. You say, what are you concerned about? I'm concerned that everything we're viewing, everything we're watching and feeling is focused on the pandemic instead of understanding that this pandemic is not here to stay. But you and I, we are. And not only that, things will get better. Right now it's discouraging, it's difficult, it's downright depressing. And the worst part, and I need to be totally transparent, is it's easy to give in to anxiety. It's easy to give in to doubts and bouts of depression. It's easy to begin to doubt God, isn't it? It's easy to doubt whether or not that the right leaders are in place. It's easy to doubt whether or not our job's still gonna be there. It's easy to give in to fear and worry that the economy's not gonna get any worse. It's sad, isn't it? It's a struggle to stay positive. It's a struggle to get up out of bed. It's a struggle to stay motivated. It's a struggle to follow Jesus. It's difficult. And I think right now is pivotal because right now you're seeing that there was a lot of people, they were just consuming Christianity as culturally consumers. And now comes the test. How many of us are really committed to following Jesus, even when it's not easy, even when we can't go to a comfortable building, even when we can't just have all the life luxuries and peace and freedom that we normally had? Will we still stay committed? It's tough topics, aren't they? But I think today is pivotal because we're going to put the X in anxiety. We're going to get it out of our life. 
Because if there's one thing that's gonna really affect us long-term, longer than COVID, longer than this pandemic, it's anxiety. You see, you and I, we're gonna battle anxiety based on financial things. We're gonna get anxiety based on things that have happened, based on things that haven't happened. You're gonna get anxiety based on if you have finances or you don't have finances. So how do we deal with anxiety? And here's the bigger question. Can anxiety be avoided? So those are what we're gonna talk about today. And I wanna start by the fact that there is an answer to all your questions. And I wanna illustrate how this can happen by using some props. You see, today, many of us have a decision how we're gonna respond to this pandemic. You see, you are gonna respond in one of two ways. You are either gonna respond to this pandemic kinda like a bottle of wine, or you're gonna respond to this pandemic like a carton of milk. Now, you say, what does wine and milk have to do with this pandemic? While some of you are watching this video, you're thinking, I could use one of those things he's holding in his hand, for sure. But for sake of illustration, here's the thing. Many of us, we're gonna turn out like one of these two items. You say, I still don't follow you, pastor. You see, here's my question. How many of you would drink this milk one week after the expiration date? Now, I'm serious, put in the chat how many would do it. I'm just curious, how many many people that like to live dangerous like to live on the edge? So just let us know. Okay, how many of you, did you put it there? All right, how many of you, you would drink this carton of milk two weeks after the expiration date? Any takers? All right, how many of you would drink this carton of milk one month after the expiration date? Now, some of you have a carton of milk in your refrigerator that's already expired for over a month. Please do us a favor, get that and get it out of your home, okay? You've got enough to worry about without having some nasty curdled milk in your refrigerator. So deal with that. No, we wouldn't drink this. Now, there's a lot of you that you say, a week after the expiration date, no problem. A month, a year, no problem. You see, there's a process that both of these are going through. They're both going through the exact same thing. Now, can any of you name the process that both of these are going through right now? So put it in the chat right now. If you think you know the process that both of these are going through at the exact same time, put it in the chat. All right, did you guess? If you answered uh, fermentation, you're correct. Both of these are going through fermentation. Isn't that interesting? Both are going through the same process, but a different product is gonna come out. You see, you are either going to come out of this whole pandemic, this trial, bitter, or you're going to come out better. You see, nobody has a problem a year from now, five years from now, a decade from now, drinking this. Because they say, why? It gets better with age. My question is, are you going to get better with age? Are you going to get better because of what you're going through? You say, I don't know, pastor. Is that possible? The answer is yes. You see, God wants you to get better. He's gonna empower you to get better. You can get better through this. And we're gonna look at a character who did just that. Your only enemy really is anxiety. And you say, how do we deal with that anxiety? I wanna once again turn our attention toward a character. We caught up with him a few weeks ago. So let's go back and let's meet this character, Gideon. You see, Gideon is in the fight of his life. You and I, whether you realize it or you're woke enough to understand that you are in the fight of your life. You say, what is it? Is this pandemic? No. You say, is it for my finances? No. Is it for my marriage? No. Is it for, and it's for your heart, 
and your mind and your emotions. Because many of us are succumbing to anxiety, we're succumbing to depression, where this isolation is affecting us. And you say, how do we deal with it? We gotta put that X through the anxiety. You say, how am I gonna do that, Pastor? By doing what Gideon does. Say, what does Gideon do? Notice in Judges chapter number seven, if you have a copy of God's word, turn there. Because anxiety wants to do two things this morning to your life. You say, what does it want to do? It wants to divide your mind so that you can't think straight. It wants to divide it. And then it wants to divert your attention from things that are important. It wants to divide and divert. So notice what Gideon does. The Bible tells us that Gideon in Judges 7, verse number one, that he's gonna go fight the army of the Midianites. So he had gathered, he had gathered a large army of a little over 30,000 people. They're gonna fight the Midian. Now, 30,000 people is a lot of people, all right? But it's small in comparison to the Midianites. The Midianite army estimated in the hundreds of thousands. But God had told Gideon to do something. So Gideon's gonna step up. And then the Lord comes to Gideon, verse two, and he says, the people who are with you are too many for me to give you the battle. What? I have too many people? No, 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 God, your math is all wrong. I love God's math, right? You see, God's math is never wrong. He said, you have too, too many. And he's saying, I have too, too few, all right? And God is telling him, nope, you have too many. He said to Gideon, Gideon, go tell all your army, your 30,000 men, go ask them, is anybody afraid? And whoever raised their hand, say, go in peace, go home. Wow. Wow. So Gideon, he does it. He, he tells his army, how many of you are afraid? And there's a group of men that say, we're afraid. And he says, peace be with you, go home. Now he's left with just a small number. And yet, even in that small number, God's doing something. He's doing in Gideon's life what he wants to do in your life to defeat anxiety. You so say, what is he doing? He is sifting. He's using sifting and subtraction. See, right now, some things have been subtracted from your life. Some relationships. Some of you can't hang out with the people you used to hang out with. And guess what? That's a good thing. You say, what do you mean that's a good thing? That's mean, Pastor. No. Today, you ever heard of the term contact tracing? You ever heard of that? Say yes if you have, okay? Just give me a shout out. Stay engaged with me, okay? If you've heard of contact tracing, it's how we're uh, containing this virus. You say, why? Because there are people that come in contact with us that have come in contact with COVID. And they're saying they want to let you know you may have come in contact with somebody. So uh, sequester yourself, isolate yourself. You know, there's some people that you don't, you don't need to fear COVID. You actually need to fear how they're affecting your emotions. Some of you, you get around people, they pull you from God. They don't push you closer to God. They pull you away from your marriage. They don't push you towards your marriage. They pull you away from your parents, not push you towards your parents. They pull you away from doing what is right and they push you into what is wrong. See, there are some people, you need to be very careful. And God in this season is doing some sifting and subtracting. He's getting some things out of your life. Some of you say, I lost my job, that's horrible. And I hurt for you, I grieve for you. But we need to remember what Jeremiah said, for my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher, says the Lord. You see, God is sifting you. He's taking things out of your life. Why? Because he has something bigger, has something better. And you need to believe that right now. You need to lay hold on that because too many people, they're given into this doubt. They're given into depression. They're given into this discouragement. And yet you and I, we can have a different perspective on it. We can say, you know what? God's going through his process. And I'm gonna come out like fine wine, not curdled cheese. I'm gonna come out a better product than what I was. 
People after, after this crisis should look at you and say, there's something different about you. There's something stronger about you. There's something more mature about you. There's something that God has done. You see, because of this sifting and subtraction. But too often I notice something that happens during this process. You see, the Bible told us and tells the Gideonite, uh, Gideon army that there is this army of the Midianites. They're in this valley. But this is all they could see. And the children of Israel are looking at this valley and guess what? The view is blocking their vision. You say, what do you mean? You see, they were viewing the enemy, the Midianites, and their view was blocking their vision of God. What is blocking your vision that God has for your life this morning or this evening, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this? There are things that Satan, that others would love to put in your way that would block the vision that God has for you. Hey, understand this. This crisis is going to pass. It's going to go. Your calling is not. Your commitment to Christ should not leave. There shouldn't be some things that are bedrock in your life. And so don't let the view allow you to miss the vision. And many of them, all they could see was this Midianite army. Is that all you can see? All you can see is the death count, the depression. All you can see is the job loss, economic, and you're afraid of what the politicians are doing. You're afraid of what the news is doing. Hey, your view is messing up your vision. That God says, hey, I'm in your tomorrow. I will work all things together for good. I'm there, I'm gonna work it out. You see, clarity means clearing things away. What do you need to clear away in your life? Why do you always have to leave it that God has to take it out of your life? How about we be mature and we say, you know what? There are some things in my heart, in my soul, in my mind that are not good. There are some things I'm thinking. There are some things I'm meditating on. There are some things I'm allowing into my life that are not good. Why do I have to make it so God always has to rip them out of my life? How about I just give those things up? That is spiritual maturity. You see, the day and age where I can ask my children, hey, put that down and they obey, that shows me that they are responsible, they're maturing, and they're growing up. My younger son, Cain, three-year-old Cain, love him to death, but he still is at that age where I've got to take things that are dangerous out of his life. He won't just set them down. How many Christians are like that? God's asking you to set some things down, and you're like, no, God, i got to hold on to it. You're going to turn into that curdled cheese, that curdled milk. That's, that's what your life's going to be. But if you say, God, with an open hand, I'm surrendered to what you want then God can sift and subtract. But not only is he sifting and subtracting, he's also using separation and selection. You see, God comes to Gideon a second time and he tells him, Gideon, the army you have is still too big. I need you to take this entire army and go down whatever's left and go down to a river and have them drink from the river. And I want you to watch these two groups of people. One group is gonna full face plant right in the water in that hot Middle Eastern sun, they're gonna get a drink. There's another group they're gonna dip their hand into the water and they're gonna raise it to their mouth. You see, the question that God was trying to get Gideon to see is there's two types of people that have a different reaction to what's going on around them. See, one group was oblivious that there was an enemy just over the hill. So they just head down, man, just drinking the water. There was another group, they scooped the water and they were always alert, always ready for the enemy. You see, some of you right now, you are getting lulled into passivity, you're getting lulled into sleep, and you're getting lulled into doing things you wouldn't normally do, thinking things you wouldn't normally think, instead of saying vigilant and alert, instead of saying, you know what? Just because I can't, I can't do certain things, go certain places, I'm, I'm still a target. I'm, the enemy still wants to take me out. There are things that still want to happen, and I've got to be alert, I've got to be vigilant. And so right now, you have to make a decision. Who am I? Am I that type of person that just quits and give up? 
Well, am I that type of person that says, no, I'm always alert to what the enemy might try to do. You see, sometimes God pulls people out of your life. He pulls these people from you. Why? So that he can prepare you for what he has in store for you. So God uses sifting. God uses selection. Why? Why? You say, pastor, why am I going through this? Ultimately, it's for your greatest success. You say, I don't believe that. I know because all you can focus on, all you can think about is your your negativity. You see, feelings follow focus. What you're focused on, that's where it's gonna go. If you're a golfer, understand, you, you get this. If you play basketball, it's the follow through. No matter any sport you do, anything you do, even your car, where you're focused on, that's where the car's going to go. Why don't we realize that happens with our emotions? Our feelings follow our focus. What do you focus on? If you're focused on God, all of a sudden you realize that when he said in Psalms 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. God is with you. God is with you. He's not abandoning you. God didn't just lead you to it. He's gonna lead you through it. So type in the chat right now. Say, God is with me. He's with me. And then type a second time. God is with you. Remind people, he's with them too. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. This did not catch him by surprise. I don't believe for a second that God sent this pandemic. I just know on a shadow of a doubt that God is gonna use this. You see, our country needs to be called back to a great awakening. We need to once again be done with this casual Christianity, this take it or leave it, smork is bored. I'll take a little of this, I'll take a little of that. We need to get back to, you know what? I'm gonna follow God on his terms. I don't make up my own terms with God. He's the creator, so I, as the creation, follow him. I find it so interesting that people wanna repackage Jesus and turn him into something he never was. We don't do it with Mother Teresa. We don't do it with Gandhi. We don't do it with Buddha. We don't, we don't try to change them to fit. But it's interesting we change Jesus to fit our cultural narratives. How about we just remember that Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And let's do that. Let's take up our cross in the season and follow him as he says, to live holy, to live pure, to live blameless, to be filled with the fruit of the spirit to be serving, to be loving, to be kind. These are things that God wants us to be involved in. So we see that God wants to support and success. He wants to see that, but how does he do it? You see, you and I are never gonna see, and the world's never gonna see how big our God is unless you and I face something fierce. So when you face something fierce, it's just an opportunity for everybody to see how big your God is. Last week, nobody said, look how big Southridge Church is. They said, look how big that God is because That church walked on water. And if you don't understand how big of a miracle last Sunday was, then you are missing out on something. There was only three churches that were allowed to gather that did anything like we did. Three in the entire state of California, 40 million people. And there was only three churches. Do you understand what doors God opened up? It's the equivalent of you and I being able to walk on water. That is a modern day miracle that we were able to be a part of. And and those of you that watched it from afar and prayed for it, God bless you. Those of you that were a part of it, God doubly bless you because God did something. God is on the move in our church. God wants to work through it. This isn't a time to just, oh, just check in and just watch Netflix and, and, and not get dressed and haven't taken a shower in three days. No, it's the time to say, God is about to do an end around. He's about to turn this thing on its head and God is gonna get more glory through this. Why? You see, because God wants us to face something fierce so everybody sees how great our God is. Gideon goes down to the camp of the Midianites. He was afraid. So he goes down to the camp of the Midianites. He overhears two soldiers. They're talking. 
And they're saying to each other, one had a dream. He's saying, I had a dream. A barley loaf rolled in and destroyed our entire camp of hundreds of thousands. His friend says, I know what that is. I'm gonna interpret this dream. He said, that is Gideon and God come to destroy us. Gideon, who was eavesdropping, goes back with this good news and tells the people, hey, they're afraid. And his whole 300 that's left, they were encouraged. Can I tell you something? Your courage in this season encourages people. Hey, if you're a mom or dad, your courage encourages your kids. I know it's dark, but your courage encourages your family. It encourages your coworker. Are you a manager, a boss, a leader? Your courage in this situation is encouraging others. It's time that you raise up your courage. You know, you don't understand this crisis is not gonna last, but your courage should. Your commitment should. We need to say, you know what? I, in this season, am gonna be filled with courage because God is not done. He's gonna do something. He's gonna do something great. Let, let that courage well up inside of you. I believe church is the greatest days ahead, but you and I have a decision. Are you going to be that uh, wine that gets better with age or are you gonna be that milk that gets bitter with age? Hey, let me pray for you. If this message was a help, would you share it? Would you tell others about it? I believe that God's gonna use you. He wants to speak to you. Right now, would you open your heart? Would you open your mind to what he wants to do? Because he wants to put that X through your anxiety. He wants to deal with it. Would you let him? Would you, would you focus on him again, not on your feelings? Would you say, God, I gotta bring this to you? Say, how do I do that, Pastor? Right now, let's pray. Would you join me in praying? Pray this out loud, would you? Say, dear Lord, my heart has been filled with fear. My heart has been filled with anxiety. Lord, may your peace invade every part of my life. Lord, I'm, I'm fearful for my life, my health, my family, my finances, for my country. I'm fearful for the future. God, invade those areas. Lord, I do not know you as my Savior. God, I invite you to be my Savior. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you pray that prayer? You asked Jesus into your heart? Or maybe you prayed for that peace? Would you let us know in the comments? If you asked Jesus as your Savior, would you reach out to us? God bless you. Our church is for you. We'll see you next time. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.